This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, I hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday, April the 6th. Hope you had a lovely long Easter weekend. We're back with the main talking point of the day, which is COVID certificates and whether they're a good idea or not. We'll find out what some of you are saying in just a bit. But first, this is what we've heard so far from the government. A task force is looking into whether they should be used to help put on large scale events or to restart international travel. It says those who've had the vaccine would be eligible for one, as well as anyone who has natural immunity. It could be that in future you'll need to show one of these passports to be able to book tickets for a show or to go to the cinema. But speaking at yesterday's Downing Street briefing, the Prime Minister insisted the documents won't be introduced anytime soon. We're some way off finalising any plans for COVID certification in the UK. Uh, the crucial thing is for everybody to get out and, and get your vaccination when you're, you're asked to, to come forward. Well, the vaccine minister has insisted it is the right thing to trial the passport idea, even if it does pose difficult ethical questions. And what about needing one to go on holiday? Well, it's still unclear when international travel for pleasure will be able to start again. But would you need two passports instead of just one? Our colleagues at KMTV have been speaking to Chris Scoble, who runs a travel agent in Tunbridge Wells. Gosh, we've spoken many times and I'm always very positive. I'm still very positive and I still believe that we'll be travelling this summer. Where we'll be travelling um, and uh, how we'll be travelling, what I mean by that, of course, whether it will be a vaccination, which I doubt, but whether it will certainly be testing, which I'm pretty sure it will be, um, is, is that's the uh, meat on the bones, isn't it? These ideas of COVID certificates and, and, and passports, obviously they've been, uh, for locally and local tourism and things like that, they've, they've been almost criticised because it, 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 that's not the point of it. You're staying in your area or staying in the same country and moving about. It's slightly different for international travel. I suppose it's something that's going to have to come in because other countries are doing similar things. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. My mentality personally, you know, outside my business is the fact that if I go to certain countries, I have to have vaccinations anyway. So um, the reality of that is it's no different. Um, and if it's a if it's a if for want of a better phrase, a passport to travel, I want to I want to use it. And how is this affecting your business, this uncertainty? It's been going on for so long now, but you're still not really any closer to getting well, you are, I suppose, a bit closer since April the twelfth, but what is it like being in a, in a market right now in an industry with very much a lot of uncertainty? Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because we're ready to go. We want people to book. We want people to go on holiday. And again, it's a further delay. People are booking holidays. Um, we I put some stats out there this morning. Um, 22% of people booking holidays are booking them for this summer. But quite a lot. And another you know, 40% are booking for next summer. So, yeah, I think quite a lot of people are looking for bucket list holidays. And I think that will happen. You could book them for the next year, perhaps. Stay, keep your powder dry until next week, the week after, whenever you feel comfortable to then book that holiday going forward. Because the traffic light system will obviously will give you some clarity of where you can and can't go. Um, yeah, what would be, yeah, I, I suppose just to pick up on that point, just to um, take it a little bit further, what would be your advice to, to holidaymakers right now? Yeah, my advice is to wait till um, next week. Um, it's only another week. I would look at 
as I say, I would seriously look at booking a holiday in a country that's definitely in the green zone when those are released. So not amber, not red, obviously. Now that sounds obvious, but certain countries will change as their vaccination program carries on and their rates go down. But yeah, my, my would keep powder dry. But again, as always, book with an Abtor and Atoll protective company and make sure that you've got your travel insurance in place. Well, it's fair to say hundreds of you have been having a say about this on our socials today. Ian Brown says on Twitter, yep, definitely behind them. But Leanne says no, stuff like this never works effectively anyway. On Facebook, Christina Brown says it depends on how it's done. A lot of people might have to buy smartphones or other technology if it's to be done as an app. Not everyone has disposable income to afford that and associated expenses. And they reckon 31st of July is when every adult in the U UK will have been offered their first vaccination so I wonder where that will leave the 18 to 30 slash 40 age group until then. These people are the most likely to be attending large gatherings this summer. I think it needs thorough planning but theoretically I have no issue with providing proof of my own vaccination if that's what must happen in the short term. However Steve Kane says we do not have passbooks for other vaccines so why should we have one for this? It makes no sense. I'm 15 years older than my wife so I can go out but she can't. It's the younger age range that will spread it so why do them last? Well you can have your say by commenting on the story, the daily question or by voting in our poll. Just search for Kent Online or socials or click on the story on the website. Elsewhere from today, foreign lorry drivers arriving at Dover or Folkestone will need to be tested for coronavirus if they're staying in the UK for more than two days. The Transport Secretary says the rules are part of efforts to stop new variants spreading following a surge of cases in Europe. Hauliers from outside Britain will have to get checked within 48 hours of getting here. Kent Online News. A story now from the weekend that we wanted to have on today's podcast in case you missed it. A former superbike champion from Kent has apologised after footage emerged of him acting inappropriately towards a woman on the winner's podium after a race. Shane Byrne from Sheppey can be seen spraying champagne, which he then aims directly up the woman's skirt. The footage is from 2013, but was shared again on social media over the weekend. This is what Shakey had to say on his Insta. I realise I should have made this video earlier, and I realise in not doing so, I've been completely wrong. I'm aware of a video that's currently circulating on social media of myself in 2013, where I inappropriately sprayed a promotional lady with champagne on the podium. I'd like to say I deeply regret what I did that day and I'm truly sorry. I'd like to apologise not just to the lady, but to the other women on the podium that day, to all of my fans and to anybody else that's been offended by my actions. I can only apologise and I'm truly sorry. Again, lots of response to this on social and over 200 comments on the story. We have our Shane if he'd like to appear on the podcast and we'll keep you updated. A man in his 20s has had his car stolen after being robbed at Knife Point in Herne Bay. He was forced to hand his keys over by two men after parking his VW Polo in C Street on Sunday night. Police found the vehicle in Gravesend less than half an hour later and arrested a 45-year-old woman who's since been released on bail. Dozens of jobs in Kent have been saved as collapsed fashion chain Peacocks has been bought out of administration. A senior executives taking over the retailer with backing from a consortium of international investors. It means the nine stores in our county can reopen.
A driver's been caught going at 94 miles per hour on the M20 with a one-year-old child in the back of the vehicle. Police stopped the car near Rootham yesterday afternoon and say the toddler didn't have a child seat or any suitable restraint. The driver's been reported. A mental health hub is going to be set up in Kent to help new, expectant and bereaved mothers. It'll be one of 26 sites across England bringing together maternity care and psychological therapy. They'll offer treatment for issues including postnatal depression and severe fear of childbirth. Charlotte Joliffe set up a charity for bereaved parents after her baby son died. She says any extra help will make a huge difference. There's so much in terms of also not just bereaved families at the time of loss, bereaved families that then go on to have future pregnancies and children and the support that they're provided for that and making sure that that is tailored to what the families need. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Now, there's less than a week to go until animal parks in Kent can reopen. Interestingly, the Kent Online podcast has been told that some of the animals living in them have been behaving differently during lockdown. Wildwood in Canterbury is home to more than 50 different species and keepers say all of the animals have been reacting differently to fewer visitors. Mark Haben is head of living collections at the Trust. Some animals did, did respond very differently, and particularly species that you tend to find are more inquisitive more than anything. So we've got, um, we've got a very large bear enclosure, which is an extremely po- popular part of the uh, of Wildwood we, and very popular two animals that were rescued bears. And they're, they're really inquisitive. So they, they spend time around where visitors are. So we've got a large pond within that enclosure and they spend an awful lot of time um, in and around that area, nosing around, what, seeing what people um, were up to. And, and they get a lot of benefits and, and enrichment from just seeing different, different people, different smells, of course. Um, and since lockdown, obviously, that, that hasn't happened. They've, uh, they're, they're, there's just not been that level of, of curiosity because there's not been anyone there to, to observe or to watch. And I think in terms of negative behaviours, we haven't really seen that very much. and We wouldn't have anticipated that. We've certainly seen behavioural changes um, from, from animals, where particularly those that are of an inquisitive nature. So our otters, again, are animals that when the public are there, once they're out and about, They'll, they'll make a beeline over, come and say hello. They'll want to be around people. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's very similar. Um, so they've, they, they've not been on show um, quite as regularly as they would have been. The red squirrels, um, which are perhaps more secretive species, um, have been perhaps more visible, over, over, certainly over the last few months, um, in their walk-through enclosure. So um, moving down in and around areas which would otherwise have people walking across them, um, whereby they don't always do that. They tend to sit on the handrails. So they're, they're usually visible, but they're, they've changed their movements. So they've changed where they're going and actually in areas that would not otherwise be occupied by the public. Wildwood, along with other animal parks in the county, will be reopening on Monday, April the 12th, along with non-essential shops, gyms, and outdoor dining areas. A teenager's been arrested after a dog went missing in Dartford. The 13-week-old puppy has since been found after being reported stolen from Springvale North on Good Friday. An 18-year-old is being questioned. 
An anti-hunting group is investigating after seven foxes were found dead in Whitstable. The animals were discovered on Boxhole Lane over the weekend. It's been reported to the authorities and the West Kent Hunt saboteurs are urging anyone with information to come forward. And dog owners across Kent are being reminded to keep their pets on leads around farm animals after a lamb drowned while running away from a dog. It was thought to have been separated from its mother and chased before trying to cross a lake at Eastwell Farm near Ashford last Friday. The owners say it's heartbreaking and they're urging people to be more responsible. Kent Online reports. A scheme to help people escape domestic abuse has been extended in Kent. Those needing support can use the Rail to Refuge programme to get free train tickets to a destination of safety. You may have heard about this launching during the pandemic. Well, Darren O'Brien, who is a station manager for South Eastern, suggested the idea to the company after watching a documentary with his wife. A lady was offered a place for her and her three children to go in a safe refuge, a safe place and rebuild her life. But her place hung in the balance because she couldn't afford a train ticket and they have to travel long distances to get from where they are to a safe place. Figures given to the podcast show more than 1,300 people have used the life-saving scheme in the UK since April last year, including 48 women here in Kent. Maidstone services on the M20 has been voted one of the worst in the country. The site's been ranked eighth bottom on a list of nearly 70 service stations across the UK. Consumer group Witch carried out the research based on things like quality of shops and food outlets, prices, convenience, cleanliness and social distancing. And some sad news, Friday night dinner star Paul Ritter, who's from Faversham, has died at the age of 54 following a battle with a brain tumour. The actor also starred in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and James Bond film Quantum of Solace. His agent says he passed away peacefully at home with his wife and sons by his side. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are facing a bit of an uphill battle to make it into the League One playoffs after losing to Blackpool. The Jules were beaten 4-1 away from home yesterday, their first defeat in six matches. We caught up with manager Steve Evans after the game. We didn't produce the type of performance that we've done probably since middle of January, to be fair. So we, you know, there's, there's various things that can be, but we're well beaten, so there's no excuses. First 20 minutes we started well, we can see two poor goals. You know, one's a bit of a ricochet in the middle of the park. Young Shriker's got onto it and scored. I think we missed a couple of chances to equalise. We we get the goal through Jordan. I don't think it's a free kick on the on the wide touchline, but listen, referee's a good performance today. It's nice to see him back. He's he's uh, you know he deservedly went away, but he's took his punishment. He's come back. He's had a good performance and um, no complaints about getting another free kick. Right, we just didn't defend it right. We got nominated marker, doesn't get anywhere near him. Young striking form scores. The one that's a problem to us is, is, is the third goal. It's well what from their point of view. Probably their best goal of the game. It's a great finish out of the far side. And then I think there's a real pivotal moment. I think a couple of minutes before half-time, sure, keep us into the box. Tremendous strike. Brilliant save. Brilliant save. And it, and it turns 3-1 and then the conversations about whether we get the next goal, whether Blackpool get the next goal. Then. But they were better than us. They got the fourth goal. That's much better than us. We'll, um, we'll take the pain all the way back to Kent. It's a long journey. We had it here a few weeks ago with Fleetwood. Totally different circumstances. You know, when at Fleetwood. Deserve to get nothing today and got nothing. Uh, what do we need to do? We need to um, we need to try and beat Shrewsbury next Saturday at Bridgeville and take it with five games to go. It's incredible. We're here with six games to go, four points off the playoffs. Yeah, the one or two, like we said, have games in hand. Well, they won those games in hand. They can't beat each other.
and, the, and, and I'm not so sure they'll beat the teams they're going to play either because we're doing all the analysis now when it gets into this few amount of games. We, we just have to take the criticism that will come internally from me to the players and to me. Do we get everything right today? No. So we'll take the criticism because people do love to criticise when it's not right. And uh, we'll take the hot from that and we'll turn it into positivity and we'll come back on the training ground and, and try and beat Shrewsbury. We beat Shrewsbury next Saturday. We, we, we could be sitting here a point or two points off the playoffs with five to go. We're saying, yeah, one or two teams are games around. I'll say to you, I'm not so sure they'll win them. You might remember ahead of the Easter weekend, Gillingham had climbed into the playoff places. They were sixth in the table. Well, they've now dropped down to ninth and there are six games of the season left. The Jills welcome Shrewsbury Town to Priestfield on Saturday. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. It's straightforward to do. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.